What's going on, beautiful people? I just spent the last 28 minutes listening to the same goddamn song, Igual Que Ayer, a song by Los Hernanitos Verdes, a Spanish rock band, but uh, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. Um, today's podcast, we're going to talk about just um, some very interesting opinions about the living conditions we're forced to face in California, not even just in Cali in America right now. Hope y'all enjoy. Hope y'all have a good time, and uh, thank you for participating. I felt like in light of me not being able to deliver an episode prior to Father's Day, today's quote on the podcast before I get things cracking is going to come from an artist by the name of Lil Boozy who said in a song, who said in a canción some time ago, by the way, canción is how you say song in Spanish. He said in a song, I am a situation starter. I get it from my father. Nigga. I don't act like this. I'm built like this. Situation starter. I got it from my father. Lay your ass down and I put that on my daughter. Welcome to the West Coast Greatest Voice Podcast. How you doing? How are you feeling? Welcome. How you doing? How you doing? Um, uh, Happy belated Father's Day to all the great fathers out there, the ones who are doing their job, who are actually in their kid's life, who are literally giving 60, 70% of their income to the rearing and raising of their kids. Shout out to them. Um, how y'all doing? How y'all feeling? What's going on with my people? How's everybody doing? Where's everybody's energy at? How's that? What's the vibe with everybody? Um, I have been in really good spirits. Um, to every single one of you guys who listens to my content, who comes on my platform, who listens to me on TikTok, who listens to me on Instagram. To every single one of you guys who's walked up on me on the streets and showed love, to any of you guys who listen to my audio podcast, I want to say thank you so much and just I appreciate the love from the bottom of my heart. Who would have thought that a young man with a ninth grade education could influence the community so much? Who would have thought a young man who who was who was about to repeat the ninth grade twice, repeated the ninth grade twice and was almost supposed to do it the third tenth the third time, could have this much influence. But um it's just dope, man. It's really humbling. I appreciate the love, man. Seriously. Um I have so much I want to talk about, and I can't even get into my whole bag because I got to go to work in a minute. But um, let's just hop right into a few topics and let's hop into a few things I want to talk about. Um, Shout out to the mayor of my city. In the town that I live in, I also do a separate podcast away from my more commercial stuff. There's kind of just touching on the news and going on in our little town. And excuse me, while we were talking, we ended up having a conversation about um we ended up having a conversation about um just housing in our city about how in our city there is a lack of affordable housing how a lot of these kids out here who are at that age about 18 19 20 where their parents are literally fed the fuck up with them and want them to get the hell out of their house how we and how a lot of those kids who grew up in this city um don't have any viable options any available options to live in the city that they grew up in that they might be passionate about and just want to live here and stay because it's hard to find affordable housing right now. You know, I'm in California for those who don't know. And there was something that I wanted to talk about that that conversation left me thinking. 
about the unfairness of the housing situation in California right now. About the unfairness of... I've talked about on this platform multiple times of my tenure, my stay, my trials and tribulations I went through with doing residential security in the Tenderloin neighborhood in San Francisco, California. Now, some of y'all who are familiar with San Francisco know what the fuck the Tenderloin is. A lot of y'all do not know. So the Tenderloin is one of the most depressing, poorest underprivileged i'm talking about a scene from a, a battle in lord of the rings return of the king ass neighborhoods that you can find in san francisco and when i was working there it blew my mind that i could walk up and down the streets and literally see grown-ass man men take shits in broad daylight but that same street on turk on pine or polk whatever it's called I would see apartments that are going for literally three to four thousand for one bedroom. The complex that I was working at, there was no condo in there that there was that was less than three thousand twenty two hundred, even for the studios. Now I bring all that up because adjacent to that neighborhood is when I was there was these housing projects where. For those who don't know, you know, housing products are housing products, Section 8 housing. So you can stay you can stay in a one bedroom or two bedroom if you qualify. If you qualify for making under a certain amount of income, you can stay there and only have to pay like one of my relatives. I know he only pays 80, 90 dollars a month. Right. Bringing all that up, because in those same housing products that you'll catch on Eddie Street or Eddie Rock, as they call it on Turk, what it would not. There was this one that always blew my mind. These were there was was one set of housing projects in off of I want to say Eddie Street that's right across the street from these condos and these condos that are not low income condos they are just regular condos literally bare minimum three thousand dollars a month this day or four thousand I haven't been there in a minute and it makes me wonder about the unfairness we always talk about there's always a concern about the unfairness that certain people are put in in trying to find affordable housing for their family and for their kids. And I'm not talking about them because those are the people who do have real jobs, who are working every day to provide for their families, who really are trying to get out there and get it. But it is something to be said about the people, not all, not all, who are on low income, who do get EBT, who do get et cetera, et cetera, and are just simply put it just living off of government aid and being helped simply because for whatever reason but i bring all this up because you can go to certain ghettos you can go to a lot of ghettos in california particularly northern california where the people who live in the low-income housing projects or in the ghetto who quote-unquote are struggling are really kind of just kicking back and kicking it versus there might be somebody who lives in the home literally right next to them who are first forced to pay market price who are forced to pay the market price of what it is to stay in a three of uh, to stay in a, a regular home in a nice neighborhood in california but be careful california housing market is so fucked up you will pay you will pay suburban nice community prices to stay in the ghetto in california right now so essentially what i'm saying is 
you'll be somewhere where the person who has a really good job or who lives in a home where both parents are together and making a hundred thousand or plus more a year are fighting to pay bills and the motherfucker in the house next to them ain't fighting for shit because they're on a government aid program and they don't got to worry about it. They getting food stamps. They getting aid. There was a quote by Lil Boozy. Shout out to Lil Boozy, rapper from Baton Rouge, California, the across the track section. And he said, I got more on my man on my mind than a man with nothing. Sometimes I think what it would be like to be a man with nothing because the man with nothing has nothing to worry about. I my opinion on this is biased because as a blue collar worker, as a person who for the last three or four weeks has rarely, if ever, rarely worked six less than 60 hours. My opinion is always going to be interrupt. My opinion is always going to be a little bit biased. But it's weird to be in this market where it's weird to be in this market in California where where I go to some of these communities and people who are paying nothing for housing are living next to people who are paying everything for housing and barely surviving. So it's kind of like this weird way. It's almost like California doesn't want you to live here without forcing you to be in a situation where you, you can't survive. And I don't know if that's necessarily just California because I feel like that's a, that's a problem across the country. Um, I was just telling the mayor of my city today, it's like, bro, like, you know, they always talk about how there are more and more people staying with their parents than ever before and it's because bro the cost of living is different we're in a different time now i told him you got to think back in the day 70s and 60s you could be a school janitor and own a home you could be a nurse and own a home it's a lot of people out here who have really good jobs who are correctional officers who are software engineers i know software engineers in silicon valley that are roommating I know people who have four or five and six year degrees who are still living with their parents. Times have changed now. And it's hard for this generation, the generation in the 90s, generation in the early 2000s, who are growing up, who are at the point in their life where they're supposed to step outside the door, spread their wings and fly and establish. But we're doing this in a market where we're doing it in a time in a market where it's like almost the market is against us. The times are against us. Ain't that some shit? I don't know what motivated me to talk about this. I'm not knocking people who are on government aid. I've been on EBT food stamps before as an adult outside my mama's house. Let me clarify that. So I ain't talking shit about that. But what I am saying is. It does kind of make you feel a way to be at a point where you'll work hard, 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 so hard in your life to get certain things. And you see the man right next. To you. But then it goes both ways. You know, I was talking to somebody. Me and my, we were talking about the homeless, the, the homeless problem in, in, in California. And I was talking about how there are a lot of people who. It's interesting. It's so interesting when you hear people give opinions on things that they have never had any real life in death interaction with. Like, I see so many people, particularly liberals, who will go online and say, we need to help the homeless. We need to build uh, free housing for the homeless. We need to put them places. We can't allow them to do this and do that. We need to figure out a way to introduce them back into society, et cetera, et cetera, right? 
So I shout to my uncle and my auntie. They used to be the lead pastors at Dream Center in Sacramento, California. I used to do this thing where every Saturday, what not every Saturday, one Saturday every month, they used to feed the homeless out there. Bringing this up because nine times out of ten when I've talked to people who really worked alongside closely with homeless people, went to the camps and had conversations with them to try to understand where they come from, 90% of the people who I've talked to who have actually worked with these people, who have went into trenches with them, have told me that for the most part, they all chose to be homeless. Now, there are a lot of people there who fell on hard times. There are a lot of people there who are mentally ill in these homeless camps, but there are a lot of them who did choose these situations to be like this. It's always interesting when you hear people give opinions on things and that you can tell that their opinion is not coming from actual real life experience, but their opinion is coming from them from what they think their political party would agree with or what they think is a safe thing to say. It's the same thing about abortion. I see so many people who are liberal say they are against abortion. I mean, who? sorry, I see so many people who are liberal say that they are for abortion. How can you tell women what to do with their bodies? How can you tell people what to do with their bodies? Stop, stop all, we need to stop having these men pass laws that affect women. How can they do this and do that, right? Bring that up because when somebody asked me on my platform a few weeks ago, what do you think about abortion? I told them, honestly, I do not know. You know why? Because most women, if you actually talk to women, if you actually conversate with multiple women, I promise you, there are a lot more women who disagree with abortion than you think. I I will dare to say there are a lot of liberal women who are against late-term abortion. There are a lot of women who are Democratic, who vote liberal, that are against late-term abortion. I know a lot of women who say, I'm for the right of abortion, but I would never do it. I would say half of the women that I talk to are more against abortion. So I'm saying that to say this. I can't support that argument of saying that it's men trying to tell women what they do with their bodies. Because truth be told, like I'm telling you, there are a lot of women. I mean, a significant portion of the population that are against that, that are against abortion. You only would know that if you actually really went around and talked to women, if you really went around and talked to moms and women who are out there starting young young mothers. If you went around and talked to real women, you would know that. But if you sit in this group of agreements, people who don't have kids, who are just sitting with each other, just trying to figure out what's the most social justice esque thing to say, you would know that. Um. I don't know what sent me on that tirade. I just was, it just came right out of me. Not everybody's going to be lucky enough to have experiences with a thing. A lot, a lot of, not, not a lot of us are going to be lucky enough to have experiences with, to have real life experiences with certain things that we have strong opinions on. I have a friend. I love him to fucking death. He's my boy. When I talk to his daddy, his daddy's from the little town that I grew up in, and I can tell because this motherfucker has an opinion on things that lets me know you clearly have not. Like, it's interesting when I talk to people, and I can tell they clearly have not had real-life conversations and experiences with the people, group, or actual policies that they're having discussions about. When you see me get on this platform and say, hey, I understand 
the struggle of the police department in America. I understand what they're going through. There are a lot of cops that fuck up, but there are some cops who I understand. The reason why I say that is because as me being a basic security guard, top flight security of the fucking world, Craig, as me being a basic security guard, I understand what it's like to get cussed out, jumped, chased, be in situations where your life is on the line, you use force, and then somebody calls the cops on you and says that it was you that started the situation. I understand what it is like on some certain level, on a certain level, not even to compare with the level that the cops deal with it at, but I understand what it's like on a primal level to deal with the worst of the worst side of human beings as a profession. When you are a cop, you have to be trained to deal with the worst side, the worst light dueling dealing with humanity in its worst light as a profession and that can jade you that can mentally warp you that can destroy your soul and i understand that so that's why even though we do have a lot of cops that fuck up do not get that fucked up even do we even though we do have cops that are racist i will say that there are a lot of cops out there that are doing their job, that are good men, that are doing their job and are doing it at the best of their ability and in the service of this great country. And so I'm always going to give police departments in general the benefit of the doubt. I had to get that perspective from working as a basic security guard. Just being for real. So... I will just say this, and I'll close the podcast on this because I have to go get ready for it right now. I have to hit the freeway. I'm going to say we are all free to have opinions in this country. We are also all free to be able to have discussions and discussions with people who might be against some of the things that we agree or disagree on. And what I will also add to that is. I want all of us to recognize when we are speaking from a place of ignorance on a topic. That's something that I do a lot. I did a lot as a child. A lot of the things that I had a certain opinion on have changed because I was speaking from a place of ignorance at the age when I had that opinion. Now that I'm a little bit older and more mature, I can say, well, you know what? Hey, my opinion of that has changed based on experience. That's why whenever somebody talks to me about something and they're speaking from their experience, not from what their political party thinks is the right thing to say, but from their experience, I have no choice but to respect it, even if I disagree, because that was a real life scenario that taught you to think like that. Whether I disagree with it or not, whether I disagree with it or not, but I'm going to respect your opinion. I'm not going to say you're stupid just because I disagree with you. Now, with that being said, I do have to go because I'm about to be late for work. But I'm much love, peace, and chicken grease. I shall try to come back here soon. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. I shall see y'all soon.